0: The House and the Senate are both in recess and will not return until November 13th. The Tea Party Patriot Citizens Fund election update. Bill Pascoe's rule of thumb for incumbents running for re-election. Typically incumbents are better known than their challengers. They've had the advantage of having a pliable media all to themselves for years while challengers struggle to raise their name identification during the course of the campaign. Consequently, the default position for virtually every single every race where there's an incumbent running for re-election is that the incumbent begins with a big lead and therefore the key number to look at in any ballot test question on a survey is not what is the margin between the incumbent and the challenger but where is the incumbent in relation to the magic 50% mark As long as the incumbent is over 50% on the ballot, he or she will be difficult to beat. But when the incumbents poll below 50% on the ballot test question, they're in trouble, even if they might be leading their challenger by double digits. Why? Because if the incumbent is below 50% on the ballot test, that's another way of saying the majority of his electorate has decided one thing. They've decided they do not like the incumbent. Look at it this way. Incumbent Smith leads Challenger Jones by 42 to 32%. An inexperienced analyst might say incumbent Smith is in good shape because he's got a 10-point lead. But in reality, what that poll is telling us is that only 42% of the electorate surveyed in the poll has made a decision to cast a ballot for Smith, while 58%, almost all of whom know Smith, have decided they do not know him and they do not like him or that they do know him and they do not like him. 32% of that 58% have learned enough about the challenger Jones to tell the pollster they feel comfortable voting for Jones, while the remaining 26% of the electorate, the so-called undecided, aren't really undecided. They have decided they don't like Smith. They just don't yet know enough about Jones to feel comfortable telling a pollster that they're planning to vote for him. Consequently, in the closing days of a contest, between three quarters and four fifths of the undecided voters will end up deciding to cast their ballots for the challenger. That's why the real number to look at in any race where there's an incumbent running for re-election is not by how much, not how much he or she is leading by. It's how close is that incumbent to 50% on the ballot. An incumbent at 42% two weeks before election day is in very serious trouble. An incumbent at 48% is is in trouble but might pull, out, pull it out. An incumbent at 45, 46, or even 47% is in serious trouble and could well lose. Keep that in mind as we go through these key contests. In the Senate, Ted Cruz, incumbent Ted Cruz reelect against Democrat Beto O'Rourke. The real clear politic average has Cruz up seven points at 50.8% to 43.8%. Cruz beat the crap out of Beto at last week's debate and looks well positioned to defeat the upstart who raised $38 million in the third quarter. Mike Braun challenging incumbent Joe Donnelly. The Real Clear Politics Average has Donnelly at plus three at 43.7% to 40.7%. An incumbent running below 44 percent two weeks before the election is in serious trouble. That's in Indiana by the way. Josh Hawley in Missouri challenging incumbent Democrat Claire McCaskill. The RCP average has Hawley up half a percent at 46.3 percent to 45.8 percent. See above. An incumbent running below 46% two weeks before the election day is in trouble. The numbers flipper in this race in mid-August is the numbers flipped in this race in mid-August, and she's been trailing ever since. Matt Rosendale, challenging incumbent Democrat John Tester in Missouri in Montana. RCP average has tester at plus three at 48.3%. To Rosendale's 45.3%, Tester appears to be holding on, but it's going right down to the wire. Patrick Morrissey challenging incumbent Democrat Joe Manchin in West Virginia. Real Clear Politics has the average there has Manchin up 9.4% at 45.7% to 36.3%. Manchin peaked at 48% in August and has dropped a couple of points since then. There are still a lot of undecideds in this race. If they break three to one for the challenger, we lose a squeaker. If they break four to one for the challenger, we win a squeaker. Leah Vukmere, who we did endorse, by the way, in the past week and a half. She is challenging incumbent Democrat Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin. The Real Clear Politics Average has Baldwin up 10.6% at 52.3% to 41.7%. Baldwin has a double digit lead in the two most recent polls. Wisconsin Republicans may be wishing they had nominated Kevin Nicholson. Lou Barletta, challenging incumbent Democrat Bob Casey Jr. RCP average has Casey at plus 16 but we haven't seen a poll of Pennsylvania of the Pennsylvania Senate since the Kavanaugh confirmation. The latest polling data in Pennsylvania is a month old. Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, um, it's the Bob Corker open seat and we also have endorsed Lou Barletta and Marsha Blackburn. The RCP average Blackburn is up 6.5% at 48.8% to 42.3%. This looks good for Blackburn, who should be able to hold on to this traditionally red seat in a red state. Dean Heller, incumbent Dean Heller against Democrat Jackie Rosen. The RCP average has Heller up 1.7% at 46 points to 44.3%. Heller is only polling at 46, traditionally viewed as a danger point for incumbents running for re-election. Rick Scott, challenging incumbent Democrat Bill Nelson in Florida. And by the way, Heller is in Nevada. Okay, RCP average, it's tied. In the most recent survey fielded from October 15th to October 16th, Scott led by two points at 49 to 47. Two polls mid and late September showed Nelson leading by one. This one is going to be a squeaker right down to Election Day. In Arizona, the Jeff Lake open seat. The RCP average has McSally up 0.7 at 46% to 45.3%. This one has seesawed over the last four weeks with the last four polls showing McSally trailing by two, leading by six, trailing by three, and now leading by two at 48 to 46. Expect a squeaker one way or the other. Next, in some selected House seats, Steve King in Iowa Four. A September poll showed Steve King with a 10-point lead over his Democrat challenger. That's the good news. The bad news is that the lead was 41 to 31, and it showed that King is only at 41% on the ballot. That's not a good place to be for an incumbent. Ted Budd, North Carolina, 13. The RPC, RCP average has Budd at 4.5%, at 45.5% to 41%, but is only polling in the mid-40s, a bad place to be for an incumbent. Scott Perry in Pennsylvania, 10. RCP average has Perry at plus one. A late September survey from public policy polling, a Democrat leading firm had Perry leading by just 44 to 43%. Dave Brat in Virginia, seven. The RCP average, Brat was up plus two at 47 to 45. But the last poll was a tie at 47 to 47. We have not seen a new poll since the third week of September. Jay Weber in New Jersey 11. In the most recent survey by New York Times with um, Siena College, shows Democrat uh, Mickey Sherrill, I think that, or maybe it's Mikey. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Sherrill opening at an 11-point lead over Republican Jay Weber at 49 to 38%. That's up from a Mammoth University or Monmouth University po- survey from 10 days earlier that showed the two of them at a statistical dead heat at 48 to 44. Is the New York Times poll an outlier? It could be. The 11th district is traditionally reliably red. Peter Roskam in Illinois, six. We have not seen a poll in this district since Labor Day. And it showed Roskam up over his Democrat challenger at 45 to 44% the danger point for an incumbent running for reelection. And then Claudia Tinney in New York 22. We have not seen a poll in this district since late August and it showed incumbent Claudia Tinney trailing by 2 at 46 to 44%. Again, that's not a good place for an incumbent to be.